Ladies and gentlemen, 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 gentlemen you are now, 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 now listening to two, 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 the P13 Podcast. Yeah. Welcome back to the P13 Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Michael Kala, or Kala. There's no, been some dis- There's been some discrepancies here, though. I've been pronouncing his name incorrectly for, well, the entire time I've known you. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Canadian twist it's that Canadian. I missed. I missed <laughs> yeah. it. It's Kala, what a rhyme. Kala, not Kala. <laughs> such a stupid American. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but sitting next to me... That's right. He's not sitting across today. He's no. sitting next to me with his a Marvin Gaye-like voice. Well, I don't know Soothing through that. the speakers right now. It's deep. I'm a baritone. It's the one and only Thomas Conway. Hello. He is here to drop some knowledge. But we've decided we'd bring someone else into this conversation to bless you with even more knowledge. A great mind, one would say. Uh, bring you knowledge on the function of the body. Someone other than myself and Thomas, who, if you remember, you already know how we sound. You know the how we are and why we are the way we are. And you've probably enjoyed some of our bad jokes, but <laughs> that's a whole nother story. Um, this man has a front and side split alongside the flexibility we would love to achieve and the strength of an ox. Um <laughs> which you could potentially achieve through his squats and splits program. He has a YouTube channel and he also has his own podcast. So if you have an opportunity, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the reins to plug it in. You're good. We can we can plug that in there as well, too. Um, when you hear his name, though, it will tell you everything you need to know about his philosophy. One would say he has a range of strength. It is the one and only Lucas Aaron. Yes. We're very Good. excited to have Lucas on the podcast. Um, Thanks for having me. Absolutely. 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 Call it, or I mean, Kala. Ah, he did it again. Did There's it again. a discrepancy. Kala has the best intros. <laughs> Jeff was that. really flattered as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, so to provide additional information as to how we've gotten to know Lucas. So, um, well, you have. I, this I, is my first yeah, time. So, I I'm, suppose this is Kala's first time. I'm learning also from you right He's now. He's a Padawan. I'm a Padawan at the moment. So I'm learning yeah. a lot of the flexibility stuff as we go here. Yeah. Um, I, I need to put my time aside to get to that, but I'm learning kind of adjunctly from you. Is that the right term? Mm, we can use it. We can use it. Yeah. Anyways, um, I do want to get, this is great because I do want to get more into it as well. Yeah. So, so it's going to take me a little time, but I'll, I'll pass it off here to Thomas on this. Yeah. So, um, so, those of you that are listening uh, probably listen to our podcast with the flexible. So, um, sorry, we took Jeff here first before you don't, don't, <laughs> it's don't not, torture it's us. It's not yet. in order of, <laughs> of quality of guests. Um, but uh, so Lucas and Jeff have done, have worked closely for, for a period of time. We'll let you dive into that in a, in a moment here. And uh, so I got introduced to Lucas and Jeff kind of around the same time. I started doing some live flexibility classes with uh, both of them. They were running for a period of time. And that's really what sparked my interest into flexibility and, and learning how to get, get more flexible. So, you know, I've, I've done some of Lucas's programming, like a squats and splits program. And he's provided me coaching now for about a year. Uh, and again, just like I said with Jeff, I consider Lucas a mentor, have a lot of respect for him, a lot of respect for for not just what he can do physically, but how he 
how he coaches people and how he how he treats the people that he works with because i think you know there's the physical capabilities and then there's the ability to actually apply it to the people that you work with and do it in a way that shows that you care and so a lot of respect for for you lucas and how you do that and then yeah one one last thing i want to say we talked about this a little bit before we started recording but this is also a special day because we have not just one Canadian on the show, ah. but two Canadians. Yes. And some some would argue three Canadians because I'm from Minnesota. Clo- and close. a lot of people in California don't give Minnesota respect as a state. So oftentimes <laughs> I just say I'm Southern, I'm Southern Canadian. I like so, it. I like it. At least two and a half Canadians, you know. I don't know. This is gonna come down to a vote between me and you, Lucas. I'll vote. Will you allow me into the Canadian? <laughs> the Canadian. Well, I'll uh I'll give it to you because Mighty Ducks was based out of Minnesota. Great. It's a, yeah, <laughs> you're in. Mighty Ducks always here today. Emilio so, Estevez. There you right. go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, so that's that's a little bit of my, like, how we got to know Lucas. Um, and so I think what we'll start with kind of, you know, what we like to do with our guests is just a little bit about your background. And, you know, we'll talk a lot about flexibility. So maybe your your background, how you got into training initially, and then, how you segued into flexibility and and what you are now range of strength. Yeah, for sure. Uh, thanks for all that guys. Appreciate the uh, intro and stuff. Um, <laughs> it's good. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, coaching and personal training for 16 years now. It's been a long time. I've been in the game and half of that time was spent more focused strength sports, um, strength coach. I still consider myself a strength coach, but I guess I would say back then it would be more of the traditional strength coach philosophy mindset approach, three big lifts, um, you know, that kind of thing. I competed competitively in powerlifting for many years, um, upwards to national level. And I was, you know, very competitive with my training towards that, hoping to take it to an international stage. I suffered a bad injury. I ruptured my bicep in a competition and it's kind of a weird injury to, to direct you to flexibility, but it was kind of like a realization point for me that I had gotten to a point where I was only capable of doing a couple of movements really well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe it was the right time in my life too. Like you suffer an injury like that. I had kids and I was a coach and personal trainer myself. So you never want to find yourself on the other end of the shoe. Like I'm injured. I'm not supposed to be, I'm supposed to be the one that's, yeah. like, you know, helping people avoid that kind of thing. So yeah, for me, it was a realization that I had to kind of pull my socks up and figure out the movement capacities that I wanted, uh, better for my life for the long term, And that required searching for the answers because what's traditionally out there and what I was traditionally taught through school and through other mentors during those years as a strength coach, um, just wasn't cutting it. I wasn't, it came down to the fact that I didn't have the ability to move the way that I wanted to move. Um, and I had to just search for that. So it came down to flexibility. Um, it originally wasn't the realization as it is now, what flexibility training was, it was a lot of trial and error. So I did a lot of what, uh, traditionally we do when we try to seek better movement and go start going to yoga classes. And it's like, uh, you know, just kind of following the direction where you see, 
um, those kind of patterns of movement or abilities that you want, you start going that way. It's like, okay, led me to gymnastics. I went to a circus school here. I was taking adult classes there, which was cool, but it was like way too intense. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I could imagine. Like, I think circus back. athletes are another level. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. yeah. And the expectation was that you have a certain baseline when you come in there. And, right. You know, and I think that's, any of those disciplines in my experience, even yoga, the expectation is that you have a certain ability when you come in there to, to do the practice. The practice is awesome when you can do it, but when you can't do it, you're kind of <laughs> just left sitting on the floor wondering what's going on. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, that's kind of where we are now. Like, uh, through, through all that, um, I, I trained flexibility super hard, uh, flexibility as its own entity and a training routine was first introduced to me by uh, gymnastic bodies. So uh, I was taking these gymnastic bodies uh, curriculum at the time is what they had their membership set up as. So you could, it was really cool. You could go through the entire platform of like progressions and like there was a really wicked community that you could engage with. And uh, they came out with the flexibility series and I started doing those. And that was really when it was like, wow, like I've actually never stretched before in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I got into those uh, really extensively for about a year. And then that led me deeper down the rabbit hole into finding other mentors like Kit Lachlan, who's uh, really the man behind developing those workouts, uh, and Emmett Lewis. And uh, that's when the pieces of the puzzle started to really come together. And I was able to create the practice that I have now and the whole range of strength kind of identity. Mm-hmm. And uh, develop the splits. <laughs> yeah. A really quick question here. So yeah. you said um, there were some movements that when you came out of your injury, and sorry to hear that happened to you as well, that you said you're saying there were movements that you wanted to attain. As you started doing the flexibility, was there any movement or any type of like exercise that you're like, oh man, like this is the one I want to hit. This is like the exercise or this flexibility is paying off. No, (laughs) no, there wasn't, man. Like it really was like a long process for me to actually put those pieces together and realize I'm a, uh, I guess, you know, competitive nature in myself. So as you start to develop flexibility and start to understand the pieces of the puzzle, you start to realize that there's potential to train and work towards the splits. And then that's kind of like when that happened is like, as I started, you know, improving my flexibility and hitting these other markers and milestones, it was like, oh, there's, I can actually train towards this, um, movement capacity and push myself. And that's when I went a little more monk with it and like abandoned a lot of other things and just went like hardcore flexibility. Um, but yeah, for me, it was a slow process, like of slowly, I think understanding flexibility, but also letting go of my preconceived notions of it as well. I still had that strength coach mentality where I was just like, you know, I really need this. Uh, I still trained strength a little bit more. Um, when I, after the injury, it was a lot about body composition change as well for me because I was, just, I had, you know, gotten myself into powerlifting shape and it's not really the type of functional shape that's going to allow you to move well. So I did have to mm-hmm. bring the body composition to a certain stage. And then it was like, okay, what has to happen next? And that was when everything kind of all led down to flexibility. It was like, okay, body composition is improving, but my movement's still not there to the way I want it to be. So, yeah. So 
that kind of brings up an interesting question that I've thought about and thought about with myself and my training. When you started to pursue flexibility, did you did you completely let go of those other elements that you were working on in terms of your training? So like, did you did you like stop squatting? Did you stop deadlifting and just simply focus on flexibility? And if so, how what period of time did you do that for before you started to reintegrate some of those those strength movements? It wasn't directly flexibility at the start. It was about a year of calisthenics and gymnastics. I got into that. Okay. So as I was like making a body composition transformation, I was more focused on that kind of training, like, like, like reintroducing those kind of components and studying that stuff. And within that flexibility was a component of it because you were studying it. Like I was doing the gymnastics strength training and, you know, certain modalities of, uh, weighted mobility and certain flexibility exercises were integrated into it. But I didn't take it as seriously until I had gotten to a certain level and I started getting more exposed to those deeper flexibility sessions and realizing that there was a lot more there I had to attack if I wanted to mm -hmm. do other things. Mm -hmm. So the gymnastics, like I didn't even take the gymnastics stuff very far. And I mean, I'm not going to, you know, say it's uh, because of the shape I was in or whatever, but uh, I just, I didn't, you know, pushing towards like a full planche and things like that wasn't necessarily the direction I wanted to go. It was kind of yeah. Like, you know, I mean, that's a, a whole nother thing that you kind of go down. And for me, it was like, I want more freedom of movement. I don't want to just chase a strength thing that's going to limit me from other movements and, and things like that. So that's when it was like, I started leering more towards improving flexibility and really taking that to the next level. Yeah. And during that time, were you, were you like refraining from doing like barbell movements Yeah. when you then dove into the flexibility? Yeah. So it was about a year of that gymnastics blended kind of, kind of approach. And then it was about another year. I went more hardcore into hand balancing and flexibility. Mm -hmm. They went really mm -hmm. well together and I was really able to dissociate myself from all the other distractions. Cause to me it was, at that time it was like, I, I just need to remove distractions and really just like go all in on this flexibility and see what I can actually do with it. Yeah. So I, I had gotten, yeah, really hard into hand balancing and flexibility was like the combination there. And I started getting into like some locomotion work and some of the movement culture stuff and just kind of trying to see what I could do with the new flexibility I had. Mm -hmm. And then it led back into like, well, I can get back on the barbell and see what I can do. <laughs> yeah. And I got all this new flexibility. It was like, well. That must have been fun. Just yeah. <laughs> exploring. Yeah, it was fun and it was kind of like uh, the same feeling you have when you don't want to get flexible. You have this feeling like you don't want to lose your gains or you don't want to lose strength. When I had gotten right, all this flexibility, there was like this uh, barrier I had to get over. Like, is it okay to go back into that? Am I going to lose my flexibility? And there was like another period of time I had to overcome that. Mm -hmm. And that was like, you know, I think around that period, like the third year into it was when it like really started to become what I do now. And you see with like the barbell blend and mm -hmm. yeah. the gymnastic stuff is still there. And I actually have started finding better ways and efficient ways to build the gymnastics work into flexibility training, like, you know, for the sole fact of just improving your flexibility and not necessarily just getting better gymnastics kind of approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And piggybacking off of that, like, uh, with your clients, how do you express that to them and like get them to explore those other aspects? Because I'm, I'm sure 
maybe some of your clients do do work with the barbell and maybe it's like, Hey, I really want to keep my strengths. I'm worried about losing all that with flexibility. How do you present this to them? Yeah. And that's, um, the concept of like, I don't want to lose my gains is like the answer to that is like, what type of gains are those? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So when you start asking those questions, like, um, and, and getting someone to actually reflect on the progress they've made, usually it comes back around to that. They have to, they have to let that go because they're just in a vicious circle of like, I make some progress and then I get a setback and I make some progress and I get a setback. And it's like, it's because you haven't actually taken the time to develop the prerequisite range of movement that you want to hang on to those progress points that you make. And then, yeah, you got to start to realize what it is that you're chasing. What is strong? Is is strong a really heavy squat or is strong a full elastograss squat? Like it's, you start getting, you know, into those frames of mind and, and realizing what it is that you want out of your training. And that's, I think just where you have to find a coach that can counsel you through that a little bit. I don't ever really force someone to stop anything. I say, you know, we can do it, you know, we can build an integrated approach to start. So, because that's what happened to me. Like I had to have a taste of it. It's like, you have to like, just give them a taste and just kind of like let the ball roll out a little bit and just, you know, hold back on the other stuff for a little bit and let's kind of move this way. And then it can slowly go that same course and path. And the person has to decide what kind of flexibility they want. Not everyone wants the splits. And that wasn't initially what, I thought I was going to get out of it. I just took a competitive approach to it. And when I wanted that, I really like abandoned everything. <laughs> it just went psycho. I was like, I'm locking myself in a room. Yeah. I'll come out when I have the splits, you know? <laughs> so, and I, you know, I tell everyone that like you can get the splits and you can go the way I did, you know, if you want to go crazy with it, but you can make a lot of progress with it doing a blended approach. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a feat that does require its own, attention and just like anything else yeah the way you describe that of making progress then having a setback making progress having a setback that sounds a lot like my late 20s Uh, (laughs) and uh and that is also what led me into flexibility and exploring more of this quality of of movement and i like what you say there about you know what kind of gains are you making i think that's a a very poignant statement of, you know, you could be making shit gains on a, on a shitty foundation. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't want to say it's completely useless to continue to pursue that, but like understand that you're going to continue to run into these roadblocks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's very valuable. Uh, so, I mean, for most people getting into flexibility, would you, I suppose it's goal dependent, but say someone comes to you and they're, they traditionally like to do like barbell strength and things like that. But they come to you and say, my number one goal is to get a full side split or even a full front split, um, some sort of flexibility, uh, expression. Would your recommendation, do you think you would more so say, all right, if that's what you want, I think you should maybe step away from barbell training for a period of time. Is that what you would do with a client like that? Do you think? I would evaluate their barbell training first. So if they, if they're, you know, squatting really ugly, um, well, yeah, we're going to be fine to step away because it's not, <laughs> yeah. like, if we it's improve, not if we improve your flexibility and that's what I've done with a lot of clients is if, if the movement's just not there on the barbell, 
like we can modify a little bit and keep some of it there, but let's just come back to it. And when just you come, take it, yeah, <laughs> when you mm-hmm. come back to it and it just feels like so good, you have that flexibility, a little bit of a relearning process there. Like you don't run into a dark cave, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, yeah. you got this new space to explore. You got to take your time, um, reintroducing it. But, um, yeah, I would just, like if someone has clean, clean barbell work, uh, they're super skilled because that happens sometimes too. You get these high level Olympic weightlifting athletes that they're just bored and then they're like, I just want to pursue flexibility. It's like, well, <laughs> you know, it could happen. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, like it happens. Uh, yeah. I would keep barbell work there for sure. Yeah. Because also if we got into loaded stretching, there wouldn't be as much worry or um, things to introduce that a bit sooner if they had like a really good foundation in that uh, full range movement. So. Yeah. Just in a way they're already, they're already doing loaded stretching Yeah, because technique is there. So then would you say, um, if someone has that bad foundation or bad squat technique and it's just, it's just not the movements, not there. And they continue to do that while pursuing this flexibility is the, the poor movement foundation going to going to hinder the gains from the flexibility or will it eventually kind of come together? In my experience, I keep it there for the sole purpose of, um, enjoyment. Mm -hmm. Like if you do enjoy it, you know, let's, let's just pump the brakes on the squat. Let's say, for example, let's pump the brakes on the pressing, whatever it is. And let's like introduce some of these tempos or variations that kind of force you to hold back, but you still enjoy it and it's still there. Um, and you basically allow the flexibility work to take the front seat and that's, there's just as much progress to be made in that approach as well too. And I, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm of the mindset that you don't want to take things away from people that they enjoy. I think if they enjoy doing something, it's like, well, we can keep doing it. It's just, let's try to improve the capacity to which we do it so that we can keep doing it for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, so if that were the case, I would probably make that just adjustment there to the list that they're doing and say like, let's just do it this way for now. And keeps them from, I guess, creating that conflict between what, what it is that they desire versus what it is that they enjoy. Yeah. It's a constant battle that we have with our <laughs> folks. We love you all out there. Um, but you know, we're all just humans. So, uh, that's, that's completely normal. To we're all trying those. to find balance. I'll try mm-hmm. to find balance <laughs> and do what we like to do. True. Is, Very true. Which varies from person to person. So then talking about when you start initially working with people, are there a lot of objections that you experience to the incorporation of flexibility? And what are a lot of those common ones that you may hear from people? Yeah, we already talked about the gains situation. That's probably one where people think that flex training flexibility is going to hinder uh, strength progress. Um, and that's probably based on some of the research that hasn't actually been examined far enough to understand what was the outcome of like static stretching affecting force output as just one example. Um, but to the capacity to which someone's force output is affected is to the capacity that they're able to move. So if you can't move well, then the fact that uh, your force output is affected means nothing and to what extent. Mm-hmm. So if you're 
at that stage, we're using static stretching to create better space and better options for you before a session or within a session, then you will have better force output over time. It's just a matter of understanding that a lot of the, this type of research is conducted on higher level athletes or individuals that have higher movement capacities and or the the variables of like holding a static stretch for you know two to three five minutes before doing something is very different as opposed to 30 to 60 second holds mm -hmm. um, if we were thinking about doing it before or within a session so yeah there just has to be more understanding to that stuff rather than just you know jumping on top of uh just some kind of grab that you can get people to to think otherwise right because it's hard it's not easy it's super tough to get flexible it's um, it's tough to coach. It requires a lot of time, uh, a lot of mastery within yourself so that you can then translate it to other individuals. And that's the big issue in the industry is that coaches just won't give it the time of day to understand it. So they'll just abandon it instead of trying to figure out what it is that it, it can do for them and their clientele. So, yeah. I was going to say, it just doesn't get enough appeal even though how important it is for just basic functionality. And I think that's the sad thing about some of the marketing that gets put out there. It's always, we've talked about it in the past is, is a lot of like, Oh, just get your calorie burns. More your cardio. Calorie, more cardio. <laughs> Go run more. <laughs> and it's just missing out on all these other aspects that your body actually needs. So you can, be 50 and still do some of the things that you want to do outside of the gym. Yeah. It's not necessarily the things that you need to do in the gym. It's doing the things in the gym to help you outside. And that's one of the things that we do keep uh, here at P13 in mind is like, we always want to have you people listeners uh, be functional, not just in the gym, but also like just outside. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've had, you know, you mentioned when you tore your bicep, you, one of the thoughts that came to your mind is uh, like you have kids, right. And mm -hmm. You know, I, I've had that, that same experience. Um, you know, I, I tweaked my back. I, I don't know. It was like last fall. I think, I, I think I remember I, I talked with you about it a little bit and like, that was a moment for me where I was like, I don't want to feel like shit when I get my six month old baby who only weighs 15 pounds <laughs> or, well, I don't know what he weighed at the time, but out of the crib, like, I don't, I don't want to feel like shit. So like, that was a big moment for me that you know, for some reason that day that I was doing deadlifts, I felt like I needed to do, I told call this, I <laughs> felt like I needed to do three plates and like, I had not taken the time to progress to that. Like that's, you know, previously I had deadlifted much more than that, but you know, just with where I was at in that current moment in my training, I really should not have been doing that. Um, mm -hmm. so it's an interesting ego struggle that mm -hmm. I think I know I have. Uh -huh. And a lot of people have, and that's kind of why I was asking some of the questions about like, do you think it would be wise for an individual to step away from the barbell training to pursue more of the flexibility and then come back to the barbell training? Cause that's, since I've been working with you and Jeff, like I've had a hard time finding that, that balance. And mm -hmm. there have been times where I've been like, maybe I should just like fucking 12 weeks, like just <laughs> <laughs> not squat, not deadlift, just like hit flexibility super, super hard. Cause one of the goals that I do have is I would love to get a pancake and I would love to nail my front splits. And if I needed to not squat or deadlift to do that, I think at this point, that's what I would do, you know? So 
Yeah, I mean, I did that for 18, maybe 18 or so months. No bar. Yeah. Calisthenics. I mean, and do you feel same. that that's, do you feel that that's what really unlocked some of those movements is I like how, the, like how long I made did the it most take progress? I made okay. the most progress. Yeah. Like three years of side split year and a half to decent front split. Like, and that's also a balanced thing. Like one side's better than the other. Like I can get both flat now really well, but still like, I know I have rotation issues on one leg. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like if you want to make that kind of progress, yeah, man, abandon it. You can go back to it. The other thing too is like you got to get to that point too where you realize like what have what more is there to do on a barbell that you haven't already done? Just lift more. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which when I say that out loud like, sounds fucking stupid. And but like <laughs> it's funny because like coming to the barbell now, and I actually talked to Jeff about this a lot too. It's like I've really lost that ego to lift more and it's just like riding a bike for me i just really enjoy it like i go in and i squat yeah. and i don't care what i'm squatting today i'm just gonna squat because it just feels so freaking good and i just have all this flexibility and range now that i never had like and you just appreciate it so much more it's like i'll push the weight a little bit and i know what i'm capable of but i also just enjoy doing it and that's means a lot more to me than pushing more weight and I think it was, yeah, it, it was coming to that moment where I was like thinking it was, it was a while, man, thinking about just like completely abandoning the barbell. Mm -hmm. I was like, mm -hmm. and this is after the injury too. I started going back to it cause it was like, you know, bread and butter. Yeah. And, uh, I finally did it. And that's what it came down to. was just like, you know what, man, like I've, I, at that point too, I had actually went hard into like Olympic lifting. Like I'd, I'd done everything. Or I thought I had because I met James Fuller this year and I've done a lot of weird shit on the barbell. Mm, yeah. <laughs> he's a strong man, strong man archaeology. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you guys, yeah. yeah, you got to check him out. He's he's old time strong, man. He's taught yeah. me some cool shit. But yeah, it was about letting go of that. Like, well, what more am I learning right now? And you realize that you're, you're, in a, you're not growing. You're not learning. Like, it's kind of holding you back. And uh and that was probably not even just the fact that I stopped training on the barb, but the fact that I actually let go of something that was distracting me from my goal. Right? Yeah. So it was like a distraction. I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to do that because I really want this flexibility. And then it was like a weight off my back. It's like, now I can just focus on this one thing. There's no distractions. And that's often the case with most, most of the time when we have training uh, targets that we want to hit. We're just overthinking it because there's too many other distractions. We're just thinking about too much shit. If you do want, if you you want to get strong on the barbell, well, stop doing all that other stuff that doesn't need to be done. We could probably just focus on the bar for now and, and make sure there's some injury, you know, mitigation techniques in there so that it doesn't affect too much. But I think that's uh, just one component of trying to actually obtain a certain goal, right? It's like yeah, having too much on your mind or too many distractions. Yeah. And understanding how to, how to block that stuff out and focus on what you need to focus on. Well, we'll continue this on. So stick around, keep a lookout for the second part to this episode. Part two. Thank you again for listening to the P13 podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a five star rating. This podcast was produced by Project 13 Gyms and a special thanks to Studio Pod Media 
for providing the studio space and additional production. Absolutely. You can find us on social media on Instagram at Project 13 Gems. You can find myself at Kemifan. That is K-E-M-I-F-A-N. How about you, Thomas? Where can they find you on your social media? You can find me at Conway Bunga. That's C-O-N-W-A-Y-B-U-N-G-A. You can also check us out at project13gyms.com. And if you're in the SF area, come train with us at Project 13 Gyms in Lower Knob Hill.